0: Turn to the classics. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon presents Classic Cuts. My name is J J M Clark, J the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi Jane. As always, it's so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the L Five J Studios. Happy holidays, kids! Christmas is creeping ever so close, so I'm going to take a bit of a break, a bit of a holiday breather. I'm going to enjoy hanging out, reading some comic books, watching some movies, playing with the Padawan, all that good kind of stuff. But I didn't want to leave you high and dry, so I thought we'd do something different. I thought we'd do something kind of cool and dig back into the archives. Uh, 328 episodes Eight years we've been pumping out an elegant weapon. So, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff uh, we've done in the past. So, I have selected a very special episode that I shall now reissue for all of your audible enjoyments. Um, this is an episode that harkens back to 2015. It's actually our Motor City Comic Con 2015 special, part two, episode 149 of An Elegant Weapon. This episode features our very good friend, writer, Mr. Dirk Manning. Uh, Dirk has become a very, very good friend of the show over the years. In fact, I would go as far to say that he is family. He is a brother. And he uh, gave me the honor of hosting his Right or Wrong panel a few years ago. This episode goes down in history, because this episode features something called the Fago Incident, which has become part of Comic-Con culture lore over the years, at least in the Michigan area. Um, Something cool went down, and uh, you'll get to experience that. And and, and I will say, because people still to this day... Think that this incident was staged, and trust me, in no way was this incident staged. So to this date, uh, episode 149 is the single most downloaded episode in the history of an elegant weapon. And I've had some big people on the show. I've had some uh, some good guests, some big draws. Uh, so all you new Durkalites out there, all you old Durkalites out there, come along with me, and please enjoy this classic cut episode of An Elegant Weapon. Originally aired May 20th, 2015, it was episode 149, Motor City Comic Con 2015, Part 2, Right or Wrong Panel, with Mr. Dirk Manning. Please enjoy.
1: This is McSwap Productions. Yo, this is Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do
0: with me. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit.
1: An elegant weapon for the more civilized age.
0: Welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 149. My name is Ross, Jedi J. the Jedi Ross. Please excuse me while I flicker my bick for a moment. <laughs> ah, delicia! Welcome back, kids. Hope you severely enjoyed part one of our Motor City Comic Con extravaganza. It was a right jolly romp through Artist's Alley. We talked to some amazing and talented individuals. I strongly encourage you to go to anelegantweapon.ca, click the links on the names of these individuals, and experience their work for yourselves. Fantastic stuff. Uh, It was a really good time. But now we shall keep this party rolling. We're moving on to part two of, of Motor City Comic Con, and we have something very, very special for you this time around. Anyone out there who is a regular listener of this show may very well be aware of the entity that is Dirk Manning. Oh, yeah. Dirk Manning is a writer. Dirk Manning is an inspirer. Dirk Manning is a motivator. And Dirk Manning is just a hell of an awesome guy. Uh, Dirk, at many cons, including Motor City every year, puts on a panel uh, based on his book, Right or Wrong? A Guide to Writing Comic Books. Uh, He is also the author of Nightmare World, uh, The Tales of Mystery, with our our artist friend Seth DeMoose. He has also written for Bleeding Cool, Newsarama, blah, blah, blah. He writes a whole bunch. Uh, And he has been known to inspire many others to pick up the pen as well, which you may in fact be inspired to do after listening to this panel Now, a little bit of a twist on the Right or Wrong panel is that Dirk included a moderator this time around, which he usually does not because Dirk does just fine talking all by himself. But uh, he thought it'd be a fun time, and I was very, very honored for that moderator to, in fact, be me. Little old me. So Dirk and I have gotten to be pretty good friends over the little time that we've known each other. I think he's just an incredible individual. Uh, whether you're into writing or not, uh, he has some very inspirational advice for whatever art you may be involved in. There's lots of things that he talks about that can be applied to any of your passions or creative endeavors, kids. So uh, I hope you all get something really cool out of this panel because I absolutely did myself, uh, other than the f- sweet, fresh smell of cream soda. That is right, kids. The Fago incident. You shall enjoy and experience the Fago Incident, and uh, yeah, you'll hear what that's all about. But either way, it's fantastic turnout for this panel, lots of really good people who are very involved, and Dirk, of course, as always, was just fantastic. So, without further ado, adieu, uh, Dirk Manning and I, doing a panel. Talking about FAGO, comic books, writing, uh, Pouchoir, and a few other things. So, here we go. Right or wrong? Motor City Comic Con 2015 with Mr. Dirk Manning.
1: yeah How y'all doing?
0: If anybody just Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Really? <laughs>
1: How, it is hot. How you
0: doing? Yeah. yeah, right.
1: yeah. You can We can't let oh, it could be a long hour if we let understand. that go. <laughs> I understand.
0: If anybody just sat through the podcasting panel, I promise I am going to let dirt talk, okay? Uh, But that was a good time. If anybody hung out there, we just had a blast, and uh, I hope it helped anybody who's interested in getting into podcasting. Speaking of podcasting, my name's Jay. I do a podcast called An Elegant Weapon uh, out of Toronto, actually. I just said that like an American, too. That was nice. Toronto. Well, I'm getting... See, in Canada, the second T is silent. It's Toronto. But you know, I, I try to. to I, I Toronto. When in Rome, right? That's right. Uh, I, I've had a guest once or twice on my podcast, uh, an individual named Dirk Manning. That's this guy. Thank you. Is anybody completely unaware of who Dirk Manning is? A little a bit. bit. That's all right. That's, be all honest. Right. I'm going to allow Dirk to explain who the hell he is. I'm Dirk Manning. Good times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, um, yeah. Well, thank you all for coming out. My name is Dirk Manning. I am a comic book writer and creator. And uh, this panel, we're actually doing something a little bit different uh, than I initially planned. You, you are a part of history right now. I have never had a moderator on a panel, and uh, I've been on Jay's show, *An Elegant Weapon*. Two or three. Two or three times. <laughs> and Jay came down from Canada.
0: A. A. <laughs> Right on, and uh, he, was, he
1: was crying into his little bat's blue last night. And he's like, <laughs> you know, well, I've always wanted to moderate a panel at Motor City. And I said, well, why don't you come on and moderate mine? And he's like, oh, Dirk, we know you don't need to you know, moderating of moderating bat Well That's Irish. What was that? <laughs> we, we were at that Scottish place.
0: Yeah, we were at that Scottish place. We were at that tilted kilt last night. I don't know if anyone's ever been Scottish Hooters. You walk in like, oh, my God. Yeah, but anyway, but no. Um,
1: uh, and he goes, he goes uh, you know, Come on, man, Dirk. Let's be honest. You don't need a moderator. You talk for an hour easily. And I said, well, no, this will be cool. Um, so I, I am very happy and honored. Uh, I've been a, Jay's one of the best interviewers I know.
0: Oh, I greatly and, uh, appreciate it. How many of you out there
1: are aspiring writers or practicing writers? I'm gonna tell you something right now, right off the bat, and this is a, a real plug, not a cheap plug. The big major, your Newsoramas, Bleeding Cool, I've written for Newsorama. Anyone familiar with the old Writer or Wrong column at Newsorama? Bounced over to Bleeding Cool, produced a book. Anybody? Yeah, all right. couple?
0: Okay. Right.
1: When you're getting started, Newsorama and Bleeding Cool and comic book resources and stuff like that will not cover you. They won't. And that's not to say you're not good, it's that they won't cover you because they're busy covering the 5,000 event comics that Marvel and DC Comics do.
0: They're busy pissing off Greg
1: Capullo. Right. Well, he can say that. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Greg Capullo's got arms as big as my legs. Like, you know. But no, I mean, they're not going to cover you. And they're not going to cover your work. Who will talk to you is podcasts. Because they're always looking for people to talk to and things like that. Because obviously without people to, you know, talk to, they don't have a show so, uh, one of the first things, right off the bat, I would encourage everyone, is start looking around for podca- comic-based podcasts and things like that. Elegant Weapon out of uh, Canada is a, a phenomenal podcast. i got Jay's one of the best interviewers uh, I've ever talked to. Like the Snake comics Comics guys were uh, mm-hmm. here earlier. I brought my, I wanted to represent Michigan. I don't drink beer, but uh, rock and rye. Yeah. Clown Uh-oh. Love Juggalo. So, yeah. Woop woop.
0: Sorry, what is this? Fago?
1: You've never had Fago? Sorry. Here. Do I, really yeah really I'm drink a, it sorry. yeah drink it man this is a test. watch out oh!
0: i really didn't know that was gonna happen I swear to God. it's all right it mostly got on the equipment so <laughs> that's okay
1: yeah it is like icp here then we just gotta do this and just gotta... wow i'm sorry
0: That was the uh, I was I was I was was never on
1: an elegant weapon ever again after that.
0: (laughs) It's all right. It's all right. I can be sticky. Go on. We have got to try it. Try it. it.
1: Slow. Slow. See, in in, in America, the the pop or something, and it's pop. Soda. It's pop. We're in Michigan. It's pop. It's soda pop. No one asked you, but um, soda or pop is fizzy. And I didn't know you are going to open it that quickly. I I've would have never said, opened
0: anything that exploded in my face. So, this is rock and rye. It's completely indescribable. It's probably warm. Uh, it's like cream soda. Yeah, it's like a cherry cream soda kind Yeah, of. like cream soda crush kind of. It's very yeah. good. Do you like it? I enjoy
1: it. All right, you're good. You're one of us! It. Google yes. gobble, Google gobble, one of us, one oh, of oh, us. Oh. <laughs> He's going to say the tea, the
0: second tea in Toronto now. Awesome. I, I hear, here. No, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm just drunk enough that we don't here, gotta here. worry about it. That, no, right that up.
1: Okay. So um
0: <laughs> Ridiculous.
1: <laughs> the last time I had a moderator at a panel as well.
0: <laughs> um, but um let's talk about writing. Yeah, yeah,
1: but like drunk on comics as well. You know, these are guys that are right out here out of Michigan, things like that. They'll talk to you. But don't just go up to a podcast and say, Hey, talk to me, I'm important. Get to know people, check out their podcasts, see what they do. Don't be afraid to give uh, to, to provide them like samples of your work and stuff like that. That's key. Ma- yeah, that's key. That's Make key. connections at shows and things like that and, uh, and go from there. I can wipe it off I'm your right.
0: lap. <laughs> Thanks, there you go. But, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> see, I, I met Dirk through Drunk On Comics and getting to know them and coming down to Motor City and being introduced to what is Dirk Manning. Then from there... What, what is Dirk
1: Manning, or who is Dirk Manning?
0: I think it's a what. That's fair. I think that's it's an fair. entity unto itself. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's when I started reading Tales of Mystery uh-huh. and saw that there was actually substance behind this. So absolutely he's right. Uh, we're always looking for new, interesting stuff to talk to people about. So, Yeah.
1: And uh, so what we're going to talk a little bit here is um, the writing process. I actually gave Jay copy of the notes, things like that. And I want to talk about going from scripts to writing and things like that. Um and definitely get time to answer your questions about the writing process. But let me just tell you a little bit about me, and then I'm going to bounce it over to Jay, and he'll ask interesting questions, even though I just uh, I just ICP'd I, I you, is what just happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're like these rapping clowns.
0: I, I'm, I'm, I'm Okay, reading. okay, you looking at me I'm like, like really? really? Like, no, that's no, a thing. That, that, that's a thing. Yeah, that is a um, thing, isn't it?
1: I started writing in, in about 2002, and I started with uh, a comic series called Nightmare World. And uh, what I did with Nightmare World was uh, I was in a situation I think a lot of you are probably in. I know I could write. I know I could write. I, I knew. I mean, you know, I- 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 if you don't believe in yourself, who will, right? <laughs> but I knew I had a very, very difficult time finding artists to work with. And just real quick, how many artists do we have? Do we have any artists in here? Okay. And then writers? Both? You suck. <laughs> 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 oh, no. I mean, that's great, let's work together sometime. (laughs) Uh, The double deuce. Um, I can't draw. I can't even draw a crooked line. I mean, I just can't. And uh, what happened was, when I was getting started, I I realized pretty early on, if you want any chance of having artists work with you, you have to start small. We all have a big, giant, epic story we want to tell. I do, everyone does. But if you ask an artist, hey, you know, I got this great idea for like this, like 100 issue, you know, space pirate ninja, Fago ICP comic, <laughs> they're gonna go and be gone. And they'll quit answering your emails and they won't text you back. They won't LOL with you and they won't be your BFF. And you will be like, man, artists always be tripping and flaking out, yo. It's not that they're tripping not literally tripping. No, like I In, in Canada, they probably, that means, in the USA, that means like they're like. It's been a few years. Okay. But yeah, I got you. Okay, good. I want to make cray, sure. Cray-cray,
0: right? Isn't that the American term? Cray-cray? Cray-cray. cray yeah. Cray. Cray. Artists be cray-cray.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's that when you're working with an artist, it's kind of like dating. And I use this analogy. You wouldn't walk up to the prettiest girl or a guy, I'm not going to judge, whatever you like in the bar, and say, hey, you are really attractive. Will you marry me? (laughs) Now, if that ever works for you, let me know. I want to know how you did it. But you want to start small. So when you're working with artists and you're approaching them, you want to start small. So what what I did with Nightmare World was I wrote short stories. And I wrote short stories based on what I saw that the artists were drawing already.
0: Uh-huh. See? So, like, for example... You uh, kind of reverse-engineered it, almost. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah. like like if Jay's an artist and I see him drawing a lot of dragons on his DeviantArt page or whatever, and I'd say, hey, man, if I could type it out, dear Jay, not like, what up, dog, holler back, uh, but I'd say, yeah, yeah I see you drawing a lot of dragons. Uh, if I happen to give you, like, a five- to eight-page short story uh, on dragons... Would you be willing to maybe consider drawing that? We can publish it online, maybe put out a little self-published book, or you know, just just work together. And if he goes, you will. You know, what's that all about? I say, oh, dragons. Okay, whatever. That's the only Canadian word I know is a boot. A boot. You know a. A
0: and Toronto. Toronto. Teach you a new one. Poutine. Ever heard that one? That sounds dirty. It is a little dirty. Cheesy too. Is it? Yeah. What's what's. You don't, really don't know what poutine is? For real? Is it like... Wow, that's cool. Is that like the Canadian that, word for it, vagina? Sometimes. Does anybody know what poutine is? All right. Uh, it's it's thick-cut fries smothered in cheese curds and gravy. Yeah, Trust me, it's... healthy. That's better than what I was thinking it was. It's out of Quebec. It's a, it's a French I would rather from. have that than the other thing any day. That. Wait do you all hear about the Caesar. Anybody know what a Caesar is? Uh, it's Canada's yeah, best-kept secret. It's a Canadian drink, but anyways. So yeah. Poutine. Poutine. It's good. Let's buddy. go get some poutine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But that is really interesting. I never realized you looked at it like that. I've never yeah. thought of look at someone's art and then cater your stuff to that. Yeah. Well, because again, because it's a
1: partnership, it's a marriage. I mean, artists were not put on this earth for us as writers to uh, to illustrate our stories. People that are artists get into this business for one reason. They want to get paid to make comics, which is exactly what those of us that write comics want. We want to get paid to write them. They want to get paid to draw them. And a lot of times as writers, we're like, oh, you know, we kind of egotistical. I mean, you have to be to, to write, you know, to put yourself out there. Um, but one of the things is that, so I, I would contact Jay, for example, and say, okay, so if I give you like a five to eight page dragon story, would you be able to draw it?" And you say, yeah, I'll look at that. You know, show me what you got. What if I don't have a dragon story? I don't know about dragons. <laughs> like Godzilla, is he kind of like a dragon? I like Godzilla. You know, what do I do? Write a story about a dragon. What if I can't write a phenomenal one? Tried to write a pretty good one, or. Don't be afraid to walk away. This is something that I used to tell people always as writers. Our job as a writer is, if someone says, write me a dragon story, it's like, you write a dragon story, biatch, you know, and make it a good one. And here's the key. On any topic, you have to find what only you can say about that topic. That's one of the most important things as a writer. Everyone in here has a Batman story. I promise you, you do. And if you didn't, you will now, because I mentioned it. Like, I could do a Batman story. Everyone has a Spider-Man story. You might not even like Batman or Spider-Man, but they're an archetype. Batman is a guy that took, you know, a tragic situation and used it to improve himself to the pinnacle of human excellence. And he has a great rogues gallery. Every villain in Batman is like someone that had a bad day but let it fall apart. That's a very common theme. It's a very archetypal theme. It'd be nice if I could use my bandana. I'm, well, I'm sorry. Who would they, you didn't expect you to really use it? Um, what? <laughs> now, I, I, now I. I didn't smell expect so. this to blow up in my face. What the hell? <laughs> ICP bitch. So um, I hope there's no kids here. so I apologize. Um, Spider Man, the archetype of Spider Man. You all know the archetype of Spider Man, right? He's the nerd that no one knows is really awesome. That's, at its core, what Spider-Man's about. You know, in the real world, like, you know, he has no friends, you know, his boss hates, his boss looks like Hitler, and all this stuff, and he lives with his aunt, and his parents are dead, and, but then he puts on that costume. He's flying, he's web-slinging all over the place, and he saves the world, and stuff like that. They're archetypes. Going back to this example, if I have read a dragon story, what can I, alone, uniquely, individually, say about dragons? How do I feel about dragons? Okay. Any story you approach as a writer should be a story only you can write, or that you can write better than anybody else. There's a million great Batman stories out there. Scott Snyder right now was, you know, the the Joker stuff he's doing is just that. Death in the Family was just ridiculous. Because he made Joker really scary. And the Joker is a really scary character if you think about it. You know, it it, it list goes on and on and on. But what can you say about the topic? And I was doing a panel actually with Charles Soule who does um, every book on Earth right now. He like wrote uh, Death of the Wolverine. He did a book called 27 Years Ago. He does all kinds of books. Uh, letter forty four, which is great, and he actually brought the point. He goes, "Yeah, but if you can't write a good story about that topic, don't do it, because you only get one chance to make a good first impression." That's the other thing. Okay. So, what I did was how I started was being successful. This is this is the wrap. Up, this is just to wrap up my introduction to myself. <laughs> it all comes back. Is is with Nightmare World? I wrote a series of eight-page stories. The other thing is, artists can commit pretty easily to eight pages, okay. five to eight pages. If the artist can't do five to eight pages, they, they don't want to do comics. I'm gonna tell you the other thing, and then I wanna bounce this over to you a little bit. Mm. The other general piece of advice I wanna give you. When you're working, trying to work with artists, a lot of artists, like I said, we all wanna make money off of this. And there'll be artists out there that wanna charge you $100 a page. I get this question every time well, how much should I pay an artist? The question becomes of what va- what value do they bring. I would like to get $100 a page. I don't. Okay. I have, I think, 14 books out at this point. I've been published by Image, Devil's Do, Big Dog Inc., Caliber, uh, a short story with Xenoscope. I've been all over the place. I haven't done Marvel or DC, which is why a lot of people haven't heard of me. Because the major media outlets cover Marvel and DC. I have to fight like hell to get, you know, um, Tales of Mystery mentioned on Newsarama. Because it's Devil's Due. Didn't they do like GI Joe like eight years ago? Yeah, now they're doing a crap ton of great creator-owned books. I promise you, if I was writing Spider-Man, I'd be on the front page of Newsarama tomorrow. And that's not bitter. I mean, that just because that's what they cover, because that's what, you know, people go to check out. But when you're approaching artists and things like that everyone wants to make money at this the question is going to be what's the return investment As a writer especially you you may not get paid for a long time and you will spend money If you want to start tabling at small conventions with your small self-published books which is what I did you will not make money you will spend money I didn't have an Xbox I didn't have a PS3 or 4 or anything like that. My hobby was comics. And like I said, i got 14 graphic novels out now. But a lot of people will say, well, I don't have money. You know, I don't have money to pay artists. And like I said, I mean, if you've got like an amazing artist who's like done stuff for Marvel in D.C., that might be worth $100 a page to have them do a five-page story for you. Because people will notice. Oh, Mark Teixeira drew your story? Whoa. If, if Johnny Appleseed drew it, whatever. You know, okay. You know, everyone that comes to a show or everyone that goes to a shop, they have a certain amount of money to spend. And you've got to convince them to spend a little of that money on you. So y'all, that's why you have to have an idea that's unique, something different. Nightmare World is uh, thirteen page stories in each book and as you read all these individual 8 page stories they all weave into one giant story so over 3 volumes you have 39 short stories that all weave into one big one you'll never see another book like this now if you like horror stuff this will be your new favorite book if you don't like horror stuff I'm not going to try to convince you to buy this you'd probably like it anyway because it's really good But, you know, I'm not going to, like, hard sell you and beat you up, you know. So, my my point being on that, and then Jay, I'll I'll volley to you, and then we'll talk to you guys a little bit about specific things you want to know, is this. People will say, well, I don't have a lot of money to spend on my writing career. I don't have a lot of money to pay artists to do stuff. And, you know, like an up-and-coming artist, maybe it's like, you know, 20, 40 bucks a page. But still, for a short story, that's 200 pages alone, not to have it colored or lettered.
0: And there's a lot who might be willing to do it for free, just to get their stuff out there. Yeah,
1: and that they, they very well might, and that might be okay. And, and, yeah,
0: I, I, and that's good,
1: because they're hungry, and they want to do it, and they see value in what you're doing. But a lot of people say, well, I don't have the money. I don't have money to set up to buy a table at Motor City. Motor City is a great show, because if you have money, and you pay, you will get a table until they sell out. You can't go to New York and do that. New York, they jury the tables. C2E2, they jury the tables. And a lot of people, um, there's a technical term, butt hurt. <laughs> a lot of people get butt hurt. I didn't get into C2E2 this year. They have eight times as many people applying for a table as there is space. Earn it, pay your dues. Which I'll I'll bring up this money thing and then I'll bounce to you, I promise. Right, right. I didn't I didn't bring you just to look pretty and to, to spray Fago on you. I totally just wanted to spray Fayo. You'll sweat. notice earlier, remember I mentioned the ICP and this. Okay. <laughs> but a lot of people say, I don't have money to do this. Is it that you don't have money? Or is it you're you're choosing to spend the money you have in different ways? Do you have an Xbox? Do you have video games? Do you have do you have the new what's the new video game? I don't even know what's like what's the, oh, the Castlevania? New Castlevania the, the new name? Castlevania <laughs> you know I'm like oh I got the new Castlevania with like the deluxe boomerang and blah 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 <laughs> like you have money where do you want to spend it you like well I want to play the game when it's new if you wait six months it will be a dollar ninety nine at GameStop and if you haven't played it yet it's still new you haven't, played? it's new to you, and there's probably a better version of it out right now anyway. Because then they release, like, the Game of the Year edition or whatever. Right on. You better start talking. I'm just going to keep ranting. So.
0: Hey, all right. Um, so. Okay, here's my curiosity, because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a writer. I've dabbled in writing, and ra- writing can be a very fun hobby for anybody, even if mm-hmm. it's just to, you know, stretch your brain muscles, get something on paper, whatever. My, mm-hmm. if you can call it an art form, is podcasting. So my curiosity is because we'll get into the Q and A, and if you guys have more writing-specific questions, absolutely, Dirk's here to answer. I'm a little curious about the balance because, Ooh. I mean, when you what you did, uh, 37 <laughs> cons in one year at one point. Yeah, period? last year I did
1: 37 convention appearances.
0: So I have 20, a, 24 yeah. of them in 18 weeks. It's unbelievable. So I have a family, I have a job, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I also have the passionate hobby of podcasting. Right and one of the most important things is finding balance in your life. How much do you put into each of these areas that are important to you? Yeah. And, uh, you know, if anybody follows Dirk on social media, they'll see that he's a trooper. He's in the trenches, he's moving, he's digging, and his odds are he's going to pop up somewhere near you. Like a bad penny. Yeah, but I know, you, you know, you've, obviously you've got your family and your life and everything. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do you find not just the balance between family and life, but actually doing the work? like? like finding the time to sit down for a stretch period to actually write that shit down to be able right. to build your brand and all that stuff.
1: A lot of people will tell you when you're writing, you got to write every day. You ever heard that? Are there any kids here? Plug his ears for a second. Bullshit. <laughs> I warned you. All right, we're good. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's a Canadian word for that's garbage. Um, (laughs) Like poussouet or whatever it is.
0: (laughs) Poutine, man.
1: Poutine. Poutine? (laughs)
0: Poutine. Well, with a French accent, you would be eating poutine. Oh, Jesus.
1: So, no, uh, uh, listen. When I go to write, I don't sit down to write for like an hour. I'm just getting started, man. You know, it's like, you know, I'll be like, well, right every day. I'll budget out a certain amount of time usually every week. And like, for example, say like Saturday. Saturday, maybe my folks want to take me out to dinner or the birthday, whatever. Someone wants to go do something. Like, all right, dinner's at 6 o'clock. All right. Unplug your internet cable. You will live without it. Turn off your phone. It's okay. And my time from when I wake up till 6 o'clock on Saturday is my writing time. And I write. Now here's the thing. All week I'm thinking about it. Oh, oh man, you know, I, I want to go write, you know, something like that. That way, when I get to that keyboard, I attack it. Like literally, the letters are worn off all my keys. Like, I have, like, a Dirk Manning keyboard. No one else can use it because you don't know what the
0: keys
1: are. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're like,
0: what is this? It's, like, blank. Do you keep notes,
1: though, until you get to that point? A lot of times I do. I'll keep notes. You I'll... don't want to forget good ideas, right? If it's good, I won't forget. All right. Cool. You know, the cream Ooh. rises to the top. Now, sometimes, like, there's, like, a scene or a note or, like, a line, a dialogue. I'm yeah. like, oh! <laughs> and I write that down or text it to myself. Um, Posty notes, like, you know, like, you go into, like, my my office, and it's, like, um, those serial killer movies. Like, there's, like, a big bulletin board with, like, all these posty notes (laughs) and, like, news articles (laughs) and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I I schedule out time by the week. And, like, this week, okay, I'm coming here. I I know I'm going to be at Motor City all weekend. So I might not, you know, if I want to get some writing done, I might have to block out, like, a Tuesday night. And that means I don't get to watch TV that night. I don't get to play... Castlevania or whatever you know but do it that way don't beat your and a lot of people the reason I don't like the right everyday advice is a lot of us we work jobs when I started Nightmare World I was working two jobs I had the job to pay my bills and I had the job to pay for my comic cabin to pay you know to go pay to set up a table to pay to print books to pay people to work with me you know and that second job was not glamorous it was not fun but I worked two jobs and still put out, you know, uh, four graphic novels worth of material. The first three were picked up by Image Comics. They went on to do this series called The Walking Dead. You may have heard of it. You know. But I had the work done. So don't, because what happens is a lot of people, they say, well, you got to write every day. And then we beat ourselves up because we don't have time to write every day and make, like, like, like there's some magical spell. How do people like Dirk Manning do it? He does 37 shows in a year and he puts out at least one or two books a year and the, I carve out time, and that's my time. I turn off my phone to help myself. I unplug my internet and just go. I get up, and and some days I'll get up at, you know, 7, 8, 9 in the morning, whatever, 10 o'clock, whatever. And sometimes I'm sitting in my office like this. I'll do a a high-tech recreation. (laughs) No, that sucks. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know
1: but I block out the time and I'm thinking about it all week it's like an operating system you know if you're a writer you ever have like that back of your brains always stewing and ideas where do we and I don't know most of us get our ideas in the shower do you know why there's no other sensory input it's quiet you're by yourself you're relaxing you got the water and stuff like that and it's am- and that's why I bring up unplugging all of your technological crap when you block out writing time. Ooh, someone liked me. Ooh, someone poked me. Ooh. Did anyone look at my Instagram picture my hot dog, my poussoir, or whatever it was? You know. So, no. Unplug it. It's poussoir. It's close enough. All right. It's saucy, right? Yeah, it's, it's gravy. Yeah, it's gravy-like. Some, get some saucy poochard
0: later, man. It's going to be awesome. So Saucy poochard. <laughs> <laughs> That's has got to be a story wrapped around that. <laughs> yeah. But, but how, sorry, yeah, how, how, how do you – okay, you start out, right? And obviously in the beginning you need your ID, idea, you start writing, and you're doing the actual work. When in the process did you feel comfortable with starting to build the brand? Because obviously you need oh, something yeah. to build the brand off of. So what was that process like?
1: When you go around Artist Alley, you see all the artists and they have the big banners behind them, right? As a writer, what's our what's what's my brand? I write stuff. It's pretty good. I'm a huge Alan Moore fan. Alan Moore. Right Moore. Yeah, good old angry Alan Moore, you know. Before I wrote comics, I did music journalism for, for years, and bands, the best bands, are very good at building a brand around themselves. Say what you will of ICP, when I say ICP, you, you think of something, right? When I say Marilyn Manson, you think of something. When I say Limp Biscuit, you think of something, unless you're really gross, you think of something totally different. <laughs> But don't think about that. So, I'll tell you about that later.
0: uh, It's gross. (laughs) But if if
1: someone offers you a cracker, don't eat it.
0: All right. Gorilla biscuit?
1: (laughs) So, that's not a saucy bourgeois. So, um, writers, the best writers have a brand too, like uh, Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis is not a guy that goes out of a way to brand himself. But you can play bingo on the things that Garth Ennis will put in any story. A war veteran, anti-religious humor, a deformed villain, a theme of honor and loyalty, and a kick-ass girl. Bingo! Every, oh, and some sap that everything bad in the world happens to. Every Garth Ennis story has that. Every single one. That's kind of his brand. Alan Moore's got the big, bushy beard. And Alan Moore actually said, he, he talked about the fact that, you know, you'll see the picture of Alan Moore, and he's like, Burr. and he's got the big beard and the eyes. He even admitted, oh, I totally did that on purpose. I want people to know who I am. And Grant Morrison, you know, the shaved head and the white suits and all crazy. Al- Alan Moore light. Yeah, I said it. You know, what was my brand going to be? And what ended up happening was, is... I realized I want something that people can use to identify who I am and what I do. But I don't want my brand as a writer to be tied to any one particular book. Nightmare World's great. This is awesome stuff. Some of it's funny, some of it's scary, some of it's romantic. But I'm not going to do this forever. I did three. We're recording. I won't say whether or not the fourth one's going to be coming out. But I'm not going to put that on... uh, I'm not going to say if or when. But even if, say, the fourth and last Nightmare World book comes out... Next Halloween. (laughs) Then then what? I'm going to be doing shows a long time. I don't want to just be the Nightmare World guy. I love doing the right or wrong column and putting out these books to help people create comics. I don't want to just be the right or wrong guy. Tales of Mystery. Holy crap. If I had to write one comic series forever, it would be this. Magician that fights monsters and it's really dark and I mean and that trope's been done a million times. So I can't even tell people it's about a magician that fights monsters like Hellboy, like the goon, like Doctor Strange, like Constantine. Constantine. Who like Hellblazer? Because Constantine and Hellblazer are two different things. You know, on and on it goes. No. This is a very I mean you read it, a different different type of book. Absolutely. Okay. But I didn't want my brand tied to Mystery. So what I did, and some people love this idea and some people hate it. Some editors think it's hilarious, some can't stand it. Was I created the bra- the, the 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 kind of the gag publicity photo of the guy, this guy, the the, the hat and the glasses. You ever go on social media where you'll see this. You'll see a banner with that on there.
0: You'll never see a picture of Dirk taken where you can see below here. It's because I'm ugly. You know, but well we assumed. Well, yeah, that, but yeah, but we well, thought yeah, it had a little right. dirty. Like tentacles. People
1: think I have like, you know, like But yeah, what was funny was, so I needed a publicity photo for Nightmare World, and I said, you know, what am I going to do? I'd like to have like a logo or something. And my my buddy said, I've got just the idea. And he pitched me this idea of like the hat and the scarf and stuff. I'm like, what the hell is this? (laughs) And he goes, what else do you think people would uh, assume Dirk Manning looks like after they read your work? Like, that's brilliant. And some people hate it. I've had editors like, going, why, why you always got the little little guy in the hat and the glasses? Because like, you'll always know what it is. And it does not, I don't walk around conventions with a hat and a scarf on, all right? Someone's always disappointed, which is how the thing with the picture started. Because people would like come to take it, like, oh, can I get, you know, get a book sign? Can I get a picture with you? I'm like, yeah, right down. Like, I hope I don't break your camera. And like, well, well you know, yeah, but you got to like cover your face. I'm like... I didn't really think I'd break your camera. <laughs> I'm like, well, no, because no one knows what Dirk Manning looks like, he you got the scarf. So I started doing the pictures like this. Okay. That became my, my brand, and the most surreal moment of my life. <laughs> Gosh, I'm home by myself, and I get a package delivered. Literally, that was not a euphemism. <laughs> and it's this big, long box. And I go and I open up and I take out this big thing and I go, and it's a six-foot banner with this picture on it—the Dirk Manning hat and scarf and glasses—and I'm looking at it and I thought, "This is my life now. (laughs) I'm the guy with the hat and the glasses and the scarf that writes scary comics and other stuff." But then I went to do the right or wrong column. That's—I use that for my publicity photo for everything. And with God as my witness, about three months ago, there's a comic shop down in, uh, by Columbus, Ohio. I'm sorry, I should mention Columbus, in Michigan. <laughs> hey, down in Ohio somewhere. <laughs> I want to be able to get, get out of here in one piece. Point. They, they're, they're, they're the Packrat Comics. They're great people. Some of my dearest. They, they were the first shop that ever had me in for a signing when I was doing self-publishing. they made shirts and I thought it was a joke like haha Dirk Manning shirt people started buying them they have sold these stupid ass t-shirts I shouldn't put down my own product but California to New York to Mexico there is a medium-sized Mexican that wears a Dirk Manning t-shirt I have never been to Mexico but it's a brand. And it's a logo. But you gotta have something to put behind your brand as well. You know, I didn't start using this till I had, you know, books out. So yeah. And and the other thing about your brand, you all have some sort of social media, right? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, oh. Tumblr, Two Girls, One Cup, Grinders. Tinder, <laughs> something. If you know what that is, you're gross. Be very selective on how you manage your social media. My social media is about my work. It's not about had a bad day today, stepped in some dog poop, whatever. My boss sucks. If yeah, 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 booty. I, I you know, I finally got some poussoir, and it was great. You know, whatever. <laughs> it was saucy. Uh, what if, is uh,
0: sorry? What's the name uh, specifically on Facebook? What's the name of it again, the group? Oh, no. What's the group's <laughs> name? Uh, <laughs> you, go ahead. Come on, say it. No. There, there is an actual support group on Facebook Of the, Of my friends and fans and readers. A, a, yeah, like... That's part of the whole thing, uh, it's though, right? part.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a group of readers formed a Facebook group called the Friends or Fiends of Dirk Manning. Because, like, in friends, the R's in parentheses. And it was originally called the Dirk Manning Support Group. Because I write horror stuff, you know, and it's like, oh, man, you know. But, um, yeah, an actual Facebook group started about my work. And I'm like, are you kidding? I got an invitation to it. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm like, why are you all talking about me? What is this? What's going on? You know, but now mind you, that was after 10 years and after about 11 or 12 books. And, and a bunch of readers and, and friends of mine got together and started talking about the work and stuff and, and things like that. Um, but here's the key. If you don't remember anything else I've told you today, remember this: Do not use social media to fulfill your pathological need for attention. Okay. Use social media to build your brand. I've people people done. Dirk, you never talk about your personal life on social media. Yeah, I know. Really? Holy shit! I never noticed that. Yeah. You know, it's about awareness. If an editor Googles me, I want them to see Hero Nightmare World. He did right or wrong. People are selling shirts of him. There's like a Facebook group. Here's his website. Here's my tour schedule. Oh my God, he did 37 shows last year. He's doing 20 of them this year? Holy God. I've seen people that fall into the trap of chasing likes. Chasing hits. Don't do that. It's not real. It's not real. And this is especially important for our teenagers. Okay. The shit's not real, man. Um, Saw so I, I was at a Christmas party and a cousin mine, younger, was scrolling through Instagram. And, like, with one hand, she was like, scroll, click, scroll, click, scroll, click, scroll, click, scroll, click. Like, like, like trying to light a lighter. Like, one, I'm just thinking her thumbs, she's gonna have like the worst you know, arthritis ever. I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm going through Instagram. And I do have an Instagram, but my rule is no food, no dinner, and no selfies. So it's at Dirk Manning. Everything's at Dirk Manning, all one word. But I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm going through Instagram. And I'm going go, well, you're not even looking at it. And she goes, well, no, I'm liking him. I said, but you're not really looking at the pictures. And she went on to explain she has to it periodically go through Instagram, like everything that everyone posts, or they'll think, her friends will think that they don't like her. That's silly. That's the kids right now. And if you can tell me that you have not, that you, have, if you can tell me you've never posted something online just to hope that people will like it and notice you, you're lying. Ooh, I want this picture this way. Or whatever, you know. Guys do it too. I use social media to talk about the things I like heavy metal, horror comics, Cthulhu, and stuff that I just find interesting or inspirational. And my work. When you look up Dirk Manning online, my brand is my work. He likes ice cream. I just had ice cream before I came in here. It was so good. It was the best $3 I spent all day. What
0: flavor that? Twist. Twist. You know, some chocolate and some vanilla. You know, it's like, you the, it's like the yin and yang of ice cream. <laughs> um, Sorry, you had a good one the other day. I saw you were in the, into the mint chip. Mint chocolate chip.
1: Whoa. Oh, yeah. That's not good.
0: Because I talk all
1: day, too. That's the key, you know. So. But, yeah, I mean, make sure your brand and what you put online is about your work. Talk about your work. If you want to set up like a private page for like your family or whatever, I mean, to talk about your friends or your babies or your kids, whatever, I mean, do that. But if I'm interested in you, I'm going to Google you. Literally, not a euphemism. Okay. I want stuff to come up to tell me what you're about.
0: Or a boot. So. Uh, I think we should get into some questions. Does yeah. anybody have anything they'd like to know? Yes. When you write your comics, do you write in a story format or in a script format? Okay. When I write... When I write co- oh, go ahead. Sorry? i, have I a moderator now. You can do that. Uh, go ahead, man. I mean, what's asking here okay, is you when, a... when you write, do you write in script format or <laughs> line by line, bullet notes? What's your process? Yes. Yeah.
1: There's two main ways to write a comic script. One is uh, what they call Marvel style. Marvel style is... As you said, this is the story. Now you'd have the artist break it into panels and things like that. And I actually talk about this a lot in the the book. There's some examples of this. I write in what's called a full script. Page one, panel one. This is kind of what I see going on. Blah 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 blah. Character X says this. Character Y says this. Panel two. Okay, now we're shifting over here. Maybe do like a downshot angle. Three fourths. It's a lot more work. But I like to see the story as a comic of how it's going to work. I then give it to the artist, and they do what they want with it. Because here's how I see the story. But artists are much more visually inclined than I am. Okay. So they'll see it in a better way. Uh, they, we, just did, we just wrapped up this mini-series, of Tales of Mystery, Carmageddon. It's the second installment of the Tales of Mystery series. Totally self-contained, if you'd like to come to my table, F21, and come pick it up. The whole book, four issues, um, I had uh, the artist, Seth DeMoose, who's right next to me at table F21. So you can actually get us both to sign them. Just saying. Then I can afford some poussoir. But <laughs> um, you got enough we, changed, you we changed, I had him change one panel. Because he thumbnailed it out first, you know, but I also trust him as an artist. So I like to write a full script because when you're writing a comic, if you are going to write a comic, you should be writing it as a comic because it can best be told as a comic story. A lot of people get into comics, why do you want to get into comics? So I can write a movie. I've written short film. I've written a a short film that was published, that was produced. If you ever go to YouTube, um, uh, a horror channel called Black Box TV, I wrote a script for a short film called The Hunger. Writing a a movie script is totally different than comics because in movies there's two things: one, the pictures move. Comics, you're telling a story in still images. Now let's go back to what I said a minute ago. Let's say you're going to do an eight-page story you should have probably no more than five panels per page. That means you gotta tell a complete total story in 40 pictures. Beginning, middle, and end. 40 still images to tell a story. I like to be able to break that down and I love the comic book medium for that reason. Because it's such a unique, dynamic way to tell stories. Some people like the Marvel style. I'm not as big it. I like more panel by panel. I talk about that a lot more in a book, but I, I like to do full script. Break it down, but then give the artist the luxury. If you want to combine these two panels, you want to break it out, we'll talk about it. You're the artist. You see it visually better than I do. And you can talk to set the Moose. I'm at table F21. I don't know if I mentioned that. F21? F21? I haven't. I don't have I any think cool he mentioned it. But, and he can tell you a little bit more about that as well, how we work, but I, I go panel by panel. Anyone else?
0: Yeah. Outside of your own, what references would you recommend? Uh, pick your favorite.
1: Who asked this, by the way? The
0: uh, girl right there. Okay. Right hi. There. hi. Okay. Just yeah. so I know, I'm talking.
1: All right. Um, Alan Moore did a, a very short book on script writing. It's very good. Understanding comics by Scott McCloud is crucial, Um, but here's what I would do. Do you have, like, a favorite graphic novel? Okay. Take your favorite graphic novel, take your favorite scene of a couple pages, and reverse engineer it. Write this, practice writing the script for it. Does that make sense? Like okay, like here, here's the page, and this is, any of you can do this. Take like the page of a, of a comic, like uh, okay, this page right here. The first panel, it's five panels. The first panel, you got a guy and a girl. Looks like they're walking through the woods. The girl looks like uh yeah, they're both kind of staggering around a little bit. Maybe they're drunk or something. How would you write that page? And that is one of the best tools you can do. Take comic scenes that you like and write it. How would you write it as a script? That'll give you a lot of practice as well. But reference books, understanding comics. Alan Moore did a really great short little tiny book on script writing that was fascinating. I won't mention Right or Wrong, A Writer's Guide to Creating Comics, because you said not to mention my own, and I would never do that. Um, and, and take your favorite comics and reverse engineer them. Those are probably your, uh, the best ones.
0: Anyone else? Yeah. Are, they? are there any artists to go to find
1: where do you find artists? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place where a bunch of comic artists gathered together with other creators? No, <laughs> uh, comic conventions are. See, that's why I get for being a Uh Comic conventions are really good. Go online. I talk about several places in the in the book. Uh, digital webbing. Is a great online resource. They have forums for comic book artists on there, things like that. Uh, DeviantArt. DeviantArt. DeviantArt's kind of like the Wild West. You have to dig around in there. Uh, DeviantArt, digital webbing. Um, Your local comic shop, don't be afraid to post something on there. There's a lot of different Facebook
0: groups you can go to. Twitter's huge for it. Like, uh, if anyone was here for the podcasting panel, that's the number one way to get your podcast out there and to meet other people is Twitter, period. Right.
1: Uh, Facebook has a lot of good groups. But I found the most success at, like, Digital Webbing, Pencil Jack, DeviantArt. I think I mentioned one more in the book. I don't remember what it is. Uh, Those are the big ones. Your local comic shop, your local college. But here's the key. When you're looking for an artist... Find someone that's drawing comic book pages, not pinups. A pinup artist will never draw your story, ever. They'll tell you, if they love your story, like, oh, dude, I totally don't even like to draw this, and they mean it. But drawing a pinup is a whole separate skill set. Drawing a pinup can sometimes take between 10, 10 hours. And if you get a pinup artist to try to draw your comic... They're going to try to draw each panel, and they're going to spend about 10 hours on it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to draw about two panels, and they're going to say, this sucks, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got to look for people that are drawing comics. And comic conventions are a really nice one. Look at the people in Artist Alley. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Neil Adams isn't going to draw your comic. George, and I'm not, I mean, you know, George Perez is not going to draw your comic. Look at the people that are out there that are self-publishing their own little books and zines and things like that. Hmm. And then find out what they like to draw and see if you can work on something small together, dating. Uh, so, those are the big ones. I mean, I was all go joking around about, you know, go to a comic show. But no, uh, digital webbing, art, Pencil Jack. There's one more. Those are the big ones. And just Google comic book artists, but make sure you're finding people that are drawing comics. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook. All right. Does that help out a little bit?
0: I think so. so I think we here. got one more right here, yet. Yeah. Oh. Good question.
1: <laughs> yeah. You want to repeat the question? You're a moderator. <laughs> uh, would you, like to, would you mind? Think that, would that be okay?
0: So everyone could hear that. Do you think that uh, starting out with a webcomic uh, is a good practice uh, to get into, you know,
1: Started as a web comic. Started as an a web, I, I see an online comic. Web comic sounds kind of chintzy. Um, start publishing.
0: <laughs> Sorry, it's, I, I, the difference just, between online and web. I, uh, because web
1: comics oftentimes are these little eight bit. Pixel things, okay, that, I see what you're you know. Saying. Right. I do. On. I do. I, I, and what I tell people is, I publish my comics online, digital comics, digitally. Yeah. And now, like you got Comixology and stuff like that, which is amazing. Yeah, start publishing your work online. Now, here's the thing: just because you publish a comic online does not mean all these people are going to flock to it. But publish your work online. Have a buy a domain name. Publishing online is crucial. You can then submit it to Comicsology and get your work out there that way. And you can also do print on demand. Kablam, CreateSpace, or Amazon for black and white. But publishing your work online is great. It shows you're serious. You can go to other artists you meet at cons or online. Here's samples of some of my work already. Publishing online is absolutely, absolutely great. And there's a great app you can use, Press. It's a division of WordPress, like bloggers use. Comic Press, and it's all about... It'll help you publish
0: comic pages online. Right on. Okay, um, if it. anybody wants to get a little more in-depth to all these things Dirk's talking about, you can go, shameless plug, to www.anelegantweapon.ca, and there's been a few where Dirk has just been on it, like, cons and stuff, but there was mm-hmm. one episode where we actually sat down oh, over Skype... And we got pretty deep into your influences mm-hmm. and how you started. And it, it's a little more personal outlook on Dirk rather than just kind of the whole industry. So please check that out. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm online at... And yeah, where are you? Where can
1: www.dirkmanning.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. No Tinder, don't bother. <laughs> at Dirk Manning. I'm at table F21. I'm going to head over there. I'll be there in about 10 minutes. If you guys will come chat, check out the books, check out Right or Wrong... Uh, I'll tell you this in closing. There's two things you've got to ask yourself. If you really want to make comics, there's two questions. What do you want, and what are you willing to do to get it? Are you willing to, get up to give up video games? Are you willing to block out time every week? Are you willing to pay to come to shows like Motor City and set up a table? Are you willing to pay artists? Are you willing to not go to the bar so you have money to pay artists? Are you willing to get a second job to pay for your comics? What do you want? What are you willing to do to get it? I appreciate you all coming out. I'll be at table F21. Thank you very much for your time. Derek Manning, everybody. Jake Clark from Elegant Weapon. Right on, man. I'm sorry I exploded no on you. That's no problem. And thank you for your push right. Thank you for letting yeah. me wake up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. thank, you, thank you. F21. Oh, I'll be at F21 in a few minutes.